Ooh, that is right. That is the new intro music. That's a nice little beat. I feel like Dram is about to hop on that thing. Big shouts to Malcolm Zeger for putting that together for me. I think it fits the pod really, really well, and I'm happy to have a little beat drop as we as we get into this thing. And this is a great episode to have a little hip-hop beat come on as well, because we're going to talk about some rap and some hip-hop. Welcome to the club once again. This is the Club Cool Podcast, currently coming to you via Grandex Labs. I am your host, Barrett Dudley, and this is a podcast where we're going to talk about fashion and style, pop culture, entertainment. We'll do a little bit of music. We'll do some TV today. Today, we're, we've been talking a lot about streetwear, a lot about sneakers. We've done a ton of listener questions, so I'm going to mix it up a little bit today. We're going to go into some hip-hop. I'm going to talk about TV. And then in the back half, we will do some... uh, We've got some voicemails today. People have been hitting up the hotline. This is uh, also going to be my first solo podcast. So your feedback is welcome. Let me know how you think I did. If having a guest is a must or if you thought this went well, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Speaking of getting your thoughts, check out survey.grandexmedia.com. This is a survey that we're asking all of our listeners to take. It's just going to help us out kind of, you know, hearing what you like is going to help make the podcast that much better. So help us out. It's survey.grandexmedia.com. Just go check it out. Fill it out. Right now, Club Cool is not a specific option. So if this is your favorite podcast or you love what we're doing here, then you're just going to want to select Grand X Labs and then, you know, leave a nice note in the uh, in the section where you can where you can give some input. That'd be awesome. And with that, uh, don't forget, if you want to leave me a voicemail, you can call the hotline. It's 833-CLUB-COOL. And also be sure to follow us on social media. It's Instagram. That's where I'm most active right now. But the Twitter and the Instagram handles are the same. It's at Club Cool Pod. And my personal accounts, it's at Barrett Dudley across all of the social mediums. All right. So the first thing that I'm going to do today is I'm going to break down my current best shows of 2018. If you came over from Oysters, Clams, and Cockles and have been a longtime listener of that show, then last year when Game of Thrones went off the air, you probably heard us kind of do weekly breakdowns of some of the shows that we really liked and we're into and that we wanted to talk about. So I'm not going to do that here on Club Cool, but I do love TV. I love film. I spend a ton of time thinking about it and watching it and listening to it. And just recently, I kind of put out on Twitter my list of my top five shows. It has not changed from that, if you saw it, but the tweet got some traction. And so I, I wanted to give my list on the pod and just kind of break down what I'm loving right now and why. So I'm going to start with number one, which is Succession. Succession, it started as more of a slow burn. I, I, when it debuted on HBO, I was intrigued. The trailer was cool. But I let a few weeks go by before I even gave it a chance. I hadn't heard much about it. There wasn't a ton of buzz going around, going around on the show. And then episode four or five, it just like totally hits this stride and has been pretty easily the best show of 2018 so far. 
This past Sunday was the penultimate episode. You know we love that word, OCC fans, Clam fam. And the the last run of four or five episodes has been really, really incredible. If you have not given Succession a chance, that's the that's the that is the first thing that you need to do. If you're looking for a show right now, check it out. It's on HBO. It's basically about this kind of Rupert Murdoch esque family, and it's a family drama. That that's what it boils down to. But it all takes place in this you know big media world in New York City. And the kids are all kind of a mess. And their dad is kind of this massive head honcho nut. And the way that it blends this family drama with getting an inside look at kind of these, you know, this power realm in New York City, but still makes the characters, I, I mean, simultaneously lovable and hateable is just incredible. And, and you know, I'm going to get to some of these other shows on my list, but Right now, what I really, really look for in a show is something that is that makes me think, that's that's mentally exercising, that kind of touches nerves, that makes you emotional, that makes you feel certain ways and, and, and kind of stop and consider what you're seeing on screen and kind of like what the message is and what it's saying. And at the same time, is just a blast to watch and has moments of levity and moments of real humor and great dynamics between character. And Succession is hitting all of these notes right now. So check out Succession. It's my number one. My number two and three, it's kind of a perfect segue because they're both half-hour comedies. And the half-hour comedy is just, it's kind of killing it right now. These um, First, I'll just, I'll just give you my list of like great comedies on TV right now. Uh, so these are not my numbers two and three, but you've got Atlanta, Silicon Valley, Veep, Big Mouth on Netflix, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix, The Good Place on NBC. And then my numbers two and three are Glow on Netflix and Barry from HBO. And both of these shows put into a 30-minute comedy, I mean, so much feeling and conflict, and it's incredible to watch because... You know what you what you'd normally expect out of these prestige dramas, you're getting in like these just really easily digestible morsels. You know, it's like sometimes sometimes when you sit down for an hour long drama, it 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 almost feels like a chore. You know, you gotta you have to like get your stuff done. You have to clean the kitchen before you sit down and watch it. You wanna make sure that you're that you're not eating anything so that you can pay attention. You gotta get you get situated on the couch and you get your you gotta get your blankets because you're about to six, sit down for sixty minutes to like to do this show, which which probably has some very weighty and heavy and serious moments. And that's what's really, really cool about both Glow and Barry, is that they're able to be heavy and weighty and have these oh my god moments in half the amount of time not to mention they are chock full of the funniness and the humor that you love from a 30-minute comedy glow features performances from allison brie and betty gilpin which are two of the best on tv allison brie is just an absolute pleasure to watch the way I mean, nobody is more, I don't know if I've ever seen like a more raw emotional performance on screen where you just like, 
you can feel what she's feeling coming through the screen in such a way. It's a it's just a pleasure to watch. And then Barry took an incredible idea that that nobody had. I mean, that probably sounded crazy when Bill Hader and Alec Berg pitched it to HBO. And after one or two episodes, you're like, not really sure what to expect. And and then, I mean, it's just kind of this wild roller coaster ride, which ends. I mean, the ending of Barry is is it just flips the whole show on its head. It's 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 incredible what it was able to do. And uh, Noho Hank, a character on Barry, is again, it's just like a very subversive take on what you kind of expect from this kind of lackey gangster character. And it was it was a lot of fun to watch. So again, Glow and Barry, highly recommended. 30-minute, great bite-sized morsels, easy to get through, easy to get through. All right, next on my list is one of these just dragging shows that is very moody and dark and that's sharp objects on hbo we're halfway through the season right now four episodes in four more to go and if you're watching you probably know like what what's kind of become clear on sharp objects is that i'm not really sure the plot is the main point it's it's absolutely about the characters and their journey and why they're here and why they do what they do and, and and what makes them tick. Not to mention the show is just, it's all about mood. The guy that's directing it, his name is slipping my mind right now, but it's the same. It's, he, he was the guy that directed Big Little Lies. He directed every episode of Big Little Lies last year. And if you watch that, then you know like the tone that he sets, the visual tone with the camera and the way that things are kind of choppy and you have these little minuscule moments of of flashback or or subconscious or you're not sure what it's kind of disorienting but it's also really visually and aesthetically super pleasing that's what he's doing in sharp objects too and and so the mood that it creates this kind of moody like dark southern mystery it's just a lot a lot of fun to watch and the fact that there is this kind of like underlying mystery that we're we're still trying to figure out Definitely keeps you hooked, but the the real meat of Sharp Objects, I think, is basically it's this character study, especially on on the main protagonist, which Amy Adams is doing an incredible job. Um, Sharp Objects, that's on HBO, and then my number five is The Handmaid's Tale. This was season two. The ending got a lot of critical questioning. People were not very thrilled with it, and neither was I. And I'll just, I'll straight up say, I was not loving Handmaid's Tale season two halfway through. About halfway through this second season, the performances from Elizabeth Moss and Yvonne Strahovski, they play uh, Offred and um, Serena Joy, they kind of become the focal point and Handmaid's Tale cracks my list because their two por- their two performances are just incredible. I mean, they are their masterclasses in dramatic acting. And there's also an introduction of a secondary character that is weird and, you know, buzzy and you have no idea what's going on, but he kind of 
he opens this door into into a world which you didn't which you weren't really sure Handmaid's Tale had stopped and thought about and considered and remembered to include and it turned season 2 around so despite the ending i mean i'm not no, no spoilers here this is all spoiler free but is worth watching and what handmaid's tale have has to say i think is pretty important and it's fun to it well it, it's fun to watch because it is so striking and terrifying you know i mean it's like watching a horror movie it's, it's a dystopian future the one thing that i wish handmaid's tale could do and maybe it can't maybe it can't maybe the maybe the subject matter of handmaid's tale is too you know it's too boldly typed it's too obvious as like you know uh, of a prompt as like this is what could happen this is what could happen if we keep letting things go down this path and so it it's a show that does not stop for even an ounce of comedic relief and so this is definitely a show where putting yourself through 55 minutes of it i mean it's 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 a mild form of torture but it's <laughs> but it's still worth checking out because of these performances and because it's just very interesting to see this version of a possible dystopia anyways those are my top 5 if you're looking for something to watch all of those are absolutely worth your while, uh, not to mention the comedies that I listed up top. Uh, Atlanta seems to be on a lot of people's lists. It is not on mine because I have not gotten to watch season two yet. Killing Eve is also a very, very good show. It's kind of a serialized procedural. So if you like, you know, if you like serial killers and, and, and cop shows and murder mysteries and that type of thing, Killing Eve is awesome. That's a show that was on BBC came over and is being aired through AMC. And then I'm also hearing great things about Yellowstone and Goliath. Those are two that you guys uh, mentioned to me when I put out this list on Twitter. And then looking ahead to the rest of 2018, I'm sure there are things that I'm going to leave off of this list, but I'm looking forward to Big Little Lies Season 2. I mean, you're just... How can you not... This show did not need a second season. Season one was extremely well done and a ton of fun and just a great, great on its own. But you you can't tell me that you're bringing Meryl Streep into that cast of women. And, and I can't, I'm, what, I'm going to pretend like I'm not interested? Of course I want to see that. Pretty much anything HBO wants to release, I'm, I'm down with. And uh, here's here's a bit of a confession. This is us, season three. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's a it's a real tearjerker. It makes me cry 75% of the episodes, but sometimes that is exactly what you need in the middle of the week is just to to let it all out and 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 have some emotional catharsis and watch watch these characters on screen. So that's my TV moment for V5. And uh now let's hear from a sponsor. It's on it. onit.com/grandex. That's what you want to check out right now. Anna's doing a bunch of stuff with us. We, we've got a thing going where producer Micah is going to get in the ring with a real MMA fighter. And I'm pretty sure he is, he, he's he's going to win because, well, he's been taking Alpha Brain and Shroom Tech Sport and New Mood. And he's been just 
eating so many protein bars and bites and just dousing his coffee with MCT oil. It's MCT oil. This guy is fully, fully optimized. He is the Battletoad bad boy, and you can be too if you go to onit.com slash grandex and check it out. You will receive 10% off all supplements and those food items I listed. You can also check out Onit 6, which is the new home workout plan you've probably heard us talk about on various podcasts like Touching Base or Backdoor Cover or the Ross Bowen podcast. I mean, it's, it's, it's all good stuff. It will improve your mental and physical facilities. And, uh, and, and who knows, maybe you'll be, uh, become a cage fighter. Maybe you will take some of this stuff and you'll be like, oh my God, I was born to be a cage fighter. Even if not, it's really going to help you out in a lot of different ways, emotionally, physically, psychologically, mentally, on it.com slash grandex. All right. So I talked a little bit about TV. I've been thinking about that a lot recently. I've also been thinking a lot about hip hop and rappers in general right now. They, they're saying that it is the most popular genre of music currently, which makes sense. It's, it's everywhere. It's all over the place. We look to rappers for influence on fashion and, you know, everything. And what's really been putting me onto this recently and this week especially is Travis Scott. So Travis Scott is featured on the August cover of GQ with his girlfriend and baby mama, Kylie Jenner. The headlines are are very, you know, they're they're suggestive about how on top of the rap game he is. His new album, Astroworld, is set to release on Friday. And I mean, you got everybody from Virgil Abloh to John Mayer posting on Instagram about it. He's been, he just released a merch collection on his website. He's been putting these big golden heads that look like him all over Texas and Atlanta and and LA and everywhere you can think of. And the buildup to this album is just, it's, it's incredible. And all of a sudden, I just feel like I'm being told by social media and by print media and by the internet in general that Travis Scott is the biggest deal in hip hop right now and it's not registering for me. I don't I don't think that's true. And first let me just get it get out of the way. Travis Scott is a Houston guy. He reps Houston big time and I really like Travis Scott. I think his music is very good. I like his thing. Did he kind of steal a bunch of stuff from Kanye? Yes, but he pretty much seems to have Kanye's approval on that. All I'm saying is that I don't think that he is really as big of a deal as the recent onslaught has has made him out to be. Now, maybe, maybe after this album drops, it will produce several massive singles and he will sud- suddenly be headlining festivals and stuff. I don't know. Maybe. The same thing kind of happened a few years ago with The Weeknd. Like, I kind of felt like all of a sudden I was just being told that The Weeknd was the biggest name in music. And then all of a sudden he kind of was. But but I think he had a little... He had better and bigger singles out when that was happening. But, but this is what that kind of reminds me of. Anyways, I got to thinking. And what I want to try to do here, and I'm sure that I'm going to get some feedback on this. You guys are welcome to tweet at me or DM me, tell me what I got wrong here. But I'm, I, I want to put rappers into tears right now. And 
I, I, this is this was an an exercise in trying to figure out exactly where Travis Scott belongs. All right, so I'm going to start with what I'm going to call tier zero, and this is basically guys that are in the pantheon already. They have made their name. They are all time greats, and they have kind of lost their fastball. And so this is guys like Jay Z, Eminem, and yes even Kanye West. Like, let's be real. The last album was a disappointment. It's got some good tracks on it, but the dude is clearly not all there right now. He cares more about sneakers and clothing and producing for other people, which is fine. Not not everybody can put out eight masterpieces, you know what I mean? But he is he that's why he's getting moved to tier 0, which is basically this all-time greats. Yes, we love you, but you are not you're not the cream of the crop right now. All right. So then we're going to go to tier one. And tier one is is right now is obviously being dominated by one person, in my opinion. And that's Drake. This guy is smashing all sorts of streaming records. It, it, basically, right now, his entire album is charting. On, not just hip-hop charts. Like on the Billboard Hot 100 He's got something like 14 songs on there. That is how much people are streaming this entire album. And, and I, you know, the metrics are different these days because of streaming. And the, the, a quick aside, I, I would love to know, like, numbers from the early 2000s, like when Eminem was dropping the Eminem show or 50 Cent dropped Get Rich or Die Trying. Like, had streaming been around then, what those streaming numbers would have looked like? Because, I mean, we... We did that with those albums. We really did. I mean, they were in our car bumping out of 15-inch subs for just hours, evening after evening, afternoon after afternoon, weekend after weekend, we would listen to those in, those albums in their entirety. And I, I mean, it's cool that Drake is getting people to listen to entire albums. But at the same time, you know, it's it's charting is different because back then they were only measuring, you know, in the club or Wangsta. They weren't measuring the rest of the songs that hadn't really been released as singles and that weren't getting radio play. So that's just something kind of interesting to think about. But Drake is Drake is at the top right now. He is culturally super relevant. He's got a massive social media following. He could sell out arenas. He could headline festivals. Anybody he dates is immediately in the news. Paparazzi are following him. Like, this is a clear number one, and I, I almost don't, it's hard for me to think about if anybody even belongs in that tier with him. So, here's my list of the rappers that could potentially be in that tier one with him. All right, so you got Childish Gambino, aka Donald Glover, Chance the Rapper, Post Malone, ASAP Rocky, Kendrick Lamar, and Travis Scott. So the first thing that I did is I went to Spotify. This is a streaming ser- service that I use. Shout out Spotify. If you want to sponsor Club Cool, you're more than welcome. <laughs> um, and I just, if you, go, if, you, if you go to your desktop application on Spotify and you click on an artist, you can pull up like basically what are currently their top 10 most popular tracks. And it gives you streaming numbers for those. It gives you total number of streams. So for each of these guys, I took their top four 
biggest tracks currently streaming on Spotify. And I kind of tallied up that number. And I'm going to talk in, in hundreds and thousands, but really what this represents is, num- is millions of listens. So we can kind of, we can pretty much take Chance and ASAP Rocky off of this list based off of streaming numbers because combined their top four songs come in at 725 and 931. That's millions of listens for their 725 million and 931 for ASAP millions of listens on their top four songs. And you know, ASAP Rocky is clearly like a guy that is big in the fashion game. Is he an influencer? Definitely. But he just released a, like a brand new album and I mean, has it really produced like a massive hit? Is is there any, like the streaming numbers aren't that good for it. So I think, I, I don't really think that that he gets to be on this tier one. Chance the Rapper, he's got the Kanye stamp of approval, which is huge. He's in the new Justin Bieber song, which is, hey, by the way, it's the song of the summer already. It's been out for a week, but it is. Don't at me. And... You know, I think he's got the potential, but he's also like more of a niche guy. Like he doesn't really have that that massive control over music because he doesn't have like because he's not out there making radio hits. He's not out there like purposely making songs that are that you're going to hear at every party you go to, at every bar you walk into, in any exercise class that you take. Like he just doesn't have that yet. Okay. So then we'll go to Travis Scott because he's not that much higher on the streaming. So he's at he's at 1000 his number the way I calculated it 1452. So that goes that's a billion it's basically a billion and a half streams. Th- those are good, but they're still not as good as the next guys that I'm going to get to. And He's released one single so far for this new album. It's called Watch. It's not on the it's not on any charts. It's not in the Spotify US top 50 or global top 50. It doesn't have that many streams. So I, what what am I expecting from this Astro World album? I don't even have one song that I'm like bumping hardcore right now to get stoked for. So I, I I'm not really buying it. I think this is a Kylie Jenner effect, is what I really think it is. Drake. Is it just under 2 billion listens for his top four songs right now? But above Drake, above Drake right now, are Kendrick Lamar and Post Post Malone. Kendrick's top four songs right now, 2.1 billion listens. And Post Malone's top four songs right now, 2.6 billion listens. He is friends with the right people. He is featuring on everything. He is making hits that bump. His entire latest album is 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 one of these albums that just has massive numbers of streams. He's relatable to the kids. The kids love him. He's all over Instagram. He's getting stupid tattoos. Could I see him headlining a festival? Yes, absolutely. I could see this guy headlining a festival. So th- those are the two guys that I'm going to put up here on tier one. It's Kendrick Lamar, who is also very relevant to the culture, and Post Malone. And I've just remembered somebody that I maybe forgot, which is Migos. So you can you can hit me up if you think Migos even belongs in this conversation. But that's where I'm at right now. I've got tier zero. Those are my Pantheon rappers. 
And then Drake, who's kind of alone in Tier 1, but I'm going to put Kendrick and Post Malone there with him. And then I've got everybody else. We'll see if Travis Scott lives up to the hype, if this album is as good as it seems like it should be for all of the press that he's getting about it. And uh, now let's toss it over to DJ Crime Dog, who's going to do a little rap of his own. Hey, B-Duds. This is that new new. Big ups on going solo. I F with it. That's not parse words. It's Crime Dog. Congrats on your christening. Shall we begin? If you want to ride with the flyest dimes and back of the finest rides, we'll wax and poetic on J flights with your finest eyes. There's something that you need to know to expand yourself from the masses and sip Cavassier in a late way that leaves less of folks on their asses. All the while drip, drip, dripping like a turbine, jet-setting and taking off soaring high to the Cali wine. All you really gotta do to make your blues match your grays and your grays match your blues and be convinced that the mischief will do more than to find you. Kick back and subscribe to the labs on the iTunes. Let DJ Duds extrapolate and get you fine-tuned because your looks and your mental only go so far. Capitalize on the cool. Make the world your bars. Show up and be duds and subscribe. Take these fools to cool school. Barrett Crime Dog out. Oh, my God. Okay, and with that, Crime Dog enters Tier 1 along with Drake Post Malone and Kendrick Lamar. Thank you for that just incredible voicemail and those hot bars, Crime Dog. We appreciate you. We love you. All right, guys. We have time for a few more voicemails. Once again, if you want to leave a voicemail for me, that hotline number is 833-CLUB-COOL. Let's hear the first one. Hey, Barrett. This is Andrew calling from Chesapeake, Virginia, the home of Mike Kadire. And I'm really, really into these upcoming Sesame Drops of the Yeezy 350 V2s. And this will be my first actual attempt at trying to cop. What's your strat uh, recommendation for that? Uh, I heard of the Yeezy Mafia as well as just the regular Adidas website itself. Um, yeah, talk to that because I really have to uh, get my first pair. Thanks. Love what you do. Andrew, thank you for the call. Okay, I hope I'm not burning you guys out on the sneaker talk, but there there still are some lingering questions about being able to buy and cop uh, a lot of these kind of hyped up sneakers, especially Yeezys. So I just wanted to readdress it very quickly. There there are, there aren't a lot of like kind of like secrets for for the Yeezy copping strategy, as Will DeFreeze said on V2, or maybe it was the roundtable. Check out Adidas Alerts on Twitter. They're apparently like tweeting out links as soon as something goes live. And then the other the other note there on Yeezys is the day of the drop, try Yeezysupply.com instead of Adidas.com. They typically drop the shoe about an hour before Adidas does. And the last couple, it's been pretty easy to get through there. I will got two pairs of the butters. Uh, through yeezysupply.com and on this last 500 drop the the um the black 500s they sat i was i looked at yeezysupply.com at like 11 a.m and they were they were just sitting there all sizes waiting to buy so that's the other thing is that these latest yeezy releases have not been quite quite the same as they were six seven eight months ago or a year ago even They've been a little bit easier. Now, may- maybe they've seen that. Maybe they will reel the numbers in a little bit with the sesame drop to make them a little bit harder to get. You know, they got to have something out there that's 
that's not easy. Uh, otherwise, they're not even really competing with all the off-white stuff that's, that Nike's doing. But that's what I would suggest. Adidas alerts on Twitter, yeezysupply.com instead of Adidas. And then, I mean, you know, if, if, if you do lose out on those, recent resale on these Yeezys has been very, very approachable, basically. You're really only paying like an extra 20 or 30 bucks on top of retail for the Butter 350s or the Black 500s. All right, next call. Hi, uh, my name is Grant. I'm calling from the DFW area. I uh, just want to say I have no experience with upper-level men's clothing or sneakers, but I've been listening to this pod. I really love it. Uh, I was trying to get into the shoe game a bit, and I checked out StockX. Uh, I found a pair that I really liked that was just outside of my price range, but I noticed that StockX has a service where you can uh, sort of almost put them on layaway. I forget the name uh, of the service off the top of my head, but I just wanted to know if y'all had any experience with that to where you sort of pay it off uh, month by month, uh, something like that. I know that's a real broke boy question, but I'm a broke boy trying to get in the shoe game. So uh, just let me know. Thanks again. Love the pod. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Grant. Uh, I, I wanted to kind of use this voicemail to, to spin off into a, a bit of a side topic here with regards to this. What he's talking about is an option to pay that I've seen popping up on a lot of different websites. It's called Affirm. And Affirm lets you make monthly payments on your purchase for what I believe is a 10% interest rate. So they'll let you pay for something over 12 months with a 10% interest rate. And I am here to tell you, do not do this. This is a really fun hobby. It is the thrill of the cop is incredible. It's a lot of fun to take W's. It sucks to take L's, but it is okay. And, you know, it's okay to not buy into the hype. There's a great meme on Instagram today. Basically, it's, it's this, uh, it's the exact same shoe pictured. And on one side, it's like general release, easy to get. And it shows a, a hype boy just with his arms crossed, completely uninterested. And then <laughs> the exact same shoe, limited to 30 pairs, and you have to jump through a thousand different hoops and, and fight a bear, basically, to have a chance of getting them. And it's like, oh my God, what do I have to do? I will light myself on fire to get this pair of shoes. And I just it, I just want to call for a bit of rationality here. Don't... It, I, I love this. I love this stuff. I love this hobby. But I can tell you from experience real experience that, it, that it's it's also very dangerous because you let the FOMO get the best of you, you let the hype drive you, and you feel like it's something that you just absolutely have to have. And I understand that feeling more than anybody possibly could. And if if you start looking for these ways to like to get something like a firm or like opening up a store credit card like I did nominally 10 years ago... You can just get into a lot of trouble and there's so much other good stuff out there that looks good and where you don't have to pay some absurd markup and resale. I mean, like I could spend all day on, on, on Nike.com just looking at stuff that's just sitting there that I think is super cool. And Ross just got this new pair of like light blue kind of mid, uh, Nike SB blazers. Like they look awesome. They're so cool. He was wearing them to, to dinner the other night. They're like 85 bucks, easily available on Nike.com. So that is just a quick reminder to enjoy this stuff. It's a lot of fun. 
but don't get yourself into financial trouble going after it. Again, the affirm thing, it's like, yeah, you'll do it once, but then you'd let yourself do it 10 times. And before you know it, you've got $400 in monthly charges hitting your debit or credit card every month. And then it's like, you don't have money to, to do fun stuff with your friends. And that's not what I want for everybody. That's not what I want for anybody. Excuse me. So instead of doing that, just find some other cool stuff that's easy to get and isn't going to cost you $350. It's really simple. You've got, you know, I'm, I'm going on 32 years old here. Really like I've, it's only the last couple of years that like I've had a little bit more financial flexibility to, to kind of pick up more of these, of, of these kind of crazy out there things. So if you're young, just don't even worry about it yet. Like if, if you get lucky, you get lucky. And if you don't go to the next thing, next call. Hey, what up there? This is Sam calling. Uh, I wanted to get your opinion on like thrift stores, like Goodwill and uh, eBay. Uh, give you a little background in college, like kind of a broke boy. And uh, I would say my style is kind of like vintage. Like I love sweaters and uh, there's like quarter zip, uh, like Aztec looking uh, like sweatshirts. Uh, so that's kind of like what I like to shop for. And so I, I love Goodwill and eBay. You can find some really tight stuff on there for really good prices. Uh, and it's just endless. And there's always new stuff. Uh, compared to like, you know, going on like modern retail sites and stuff like that. I just think these thrift stores just have like an endless supply of cool vintage clothes. And uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, Thrift stores, love the pod. Hey, Eric. Uh, wait, nope. That, that Barrett. That's me. <laughs> Sam. Thank you for the call. Um, yeah, man. Thrift stores, eBay, great, great options to find really, really cool stuff. I'll just plug once more the website and the app called Grailed. G R A I L E D. Because they're while they kind of like specialize and promote the hype and the Grailed stuff, which is the higher end designer hard to cop sneakers, the largest portion of the, of the site is like their core section, which just has like an endless array of just a ton of cool stuff. Everything like you're talking about from like vintage Patagonia snap tees to very gently used J crew button ups that somebody's that some dudes out there is isn't wearing right now. But eBay, there's constantly new stuff. Thrifting, we have a, a a a Buffalo Exchange here, plus a bunch of Goodwills that are fun to kind of sort through. Um, you know, it's kind of like like one of my one of the the pleasures and kind of the hobbies that I take from the whole shopping thing is I you know I hunt and track sales. So like I I find the things that I want, and then I know every single website that they're on, and then it's almost like half of the fun is like the thrill trying to game the system and like seeing which, which website will go on a deeper discount first. And like, that's part of the fun for me is, is kind of getting things that I really, really want at 60 or 70% off. And that like, in a way that that's my hobby, thrifting is also like a hobby for some people. So that's, that's kind of the, that's what you kind of have to like to do to to be good at this is to go to a thrift store or a Buffalo Exchange or a Goodwill or a vintage clothing shop. And you just have to be willing to like sort through a ton of stuff and and rifle through hundreds of tees and shirts or jackets 
to find like the one thing that that's good there that day. But, you know, if you've got a little bit of time or you don't or you, or you enjoy the hunt or you just kind of want to get out there and like see what it is, I think it's a great option. You can find <laughs> um really nice stuff. Like you never know what somebody is just left in a trash bag and dropped off at Goodwill. I mean, people do it all the time. So, yeah. That's it's a great idea out there, especially for for you guys that are are not looking to like spend a ton of money but want to find something cool and unique. You know, if your goal is to like is to kind of casually upgrade your wardrobe from the look that you had in high school or college, then maybe not. But if if you kind of know what you like and you want to add like something different and something unique or or find something vintagey or old school, thrifting is an awesome way to do it and the stuff is usually very cheap. And I wanted to use that to kind of like spin off in to a talk about do it yourself. So uh, I've got a que- I've I've had some questions about tie dyeing your own things, or and you know so- something that I've done is like make cutoffs or raw hem a pair of jeans. It's a great way to give your stuff a new and fresh look. Um, the the kind of the the ultimate flex on this was last year the supreme and louis vuitton collaboration came out before paying 1500 to 2000 dollars for the white supreme box logo t-shirt john mayer took his and he tie-dyed it and it, it was awesome tie-dye is huge right now all like the grateful dead and and deadhead stuff dead dead and company is very big out there you've got brands like a cold wall and advisory board crystals and online ceramics doing just like really kind of wacky psychedelic tie-dye stuff. So yeah, absolutely. Get out there and tie-dye your own stuff. It, it, it can take something that you're not really that interested in anymore and make it something really cool. Or maybe you find a cheap white denim jacket or something like that at a thrift store. Tie-dye the hell out of it. You spent like, what, 10, 15 bucks on this jacket the dye is not that expensive. It's a fun thing to just do and work on and, and, and see what turns up, see what comes out. I love this idea. Um, I've routinely taken a pair of chino pants that I'm not into anymore. And I just, I cut them and make them into pairs of shorts. Um, with two pairs of rag and bone jeans that I had, you know, I'm a shorter dude. A lot of this stuff just comes in like a 34 inch inseam. And I don't always want to like you know, take the time to go get it hemmed. The raw, the raw hem is kind of in style right now. So as long as you're very careful and you get really sharp scissors and you take your measurements accurately, that's another thing. Cool thing that you can do with denim right now is to just chop the bottoms off. Maybe you want them a little cropped, just kind of, uh, um, pull out some of those threads from the bottom, run them through the dryer, get them to fray a little bit. It's like, it's very, it's, it's dope. Other things that you can do yourself, um, you know, there's, there's plenty out there where you can customize and kind of make something your own patches, uh, check out Fort Lonesome. That's a local Austin company that does chain stitched patches, throw some of those on a military jacket or, or wherever, or a denim shirt. There's a ton of ways you can get creative that don't cost that much. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's what fashion is all about is, is, is making something individual and your own and unique. And it's great if you can recycle stuff that you already have and give it a new life. 
That's all the time that we have today for V5. Next time on V6, I promise we'll dive more into some of the listener questions that I have stacked up. And uh, and who knows, we might have a guest on for V6 as well. Again, follow the accounts, Twitter and Instagram at Club Cool Pod. And you can follow me at Barrett Dudley, Instagram and Twitter. And one more time, help me help you. It's survey.grandexmedia.com. Leave me some love. Really, really appreciate it. Love you guys out there. We'll see you next time.